You're listening to the Living Inside Out podcast, and I'm your host, Talks Arotere. This is episode 19. Thank you for tuning in to the Living Inside Out podcast, where we believe the fear of the suffering is worse than the suffering itself. Episode 19 is Walking Through the Fire, Three Mindsets to Adopt During a Challenging Season. Hello, my friend. (laughs) That quote on suffering, the fear of suffering is worse than the suffering itself, is from the book, The Alchemist. Do you find it to be true? Because I think it is. We often don't start because we're afraid of the pain of failure or the pain of doing, because nothing comes easy. But our minds are like a magnifying glass, and it tends to make things bigger than they currently are. How are you doing? Hope you've been great. Thank you for those who asked about Hazel, our pet rabbit. The update is, she is safely back indoors. Hazel doesn't understand comfort zones. She doesn't believe in them. So she crosses the boundary lines to our neighbor's garden to go sit down and do stuff in their garden that she can't do in ours. I think she knows where (laughs) her bread is buttered. Now, when it comes to making decisions that change the trajectory of your life, how do you do it? Do you have a process? I'd really like to know. One of my struggles has been making decisions confidently. If you listened to the episode on other people's opinions, you'll understand where I'm coming from and how I had become so used to relying on the opinion of friends, um, particular friend in mind when it came to business, to the point where I struggled to make my own decisions. So thankfully, I've come away from that, but I find that I am on what seems to be a lonely road of decision-making because I'm learning now to dig deep inside me to find solutions from one day to the next because inside us is where the answers lie. That's where our gifts are. That's where the wisdom that we need for leaving can be found. So I'm currently training as a coach to help professional women transition their side hustle into a full-time business. And it's taken a while to narrow down the type of woman I'll be working with. My guide on this part of my journey has been the incredible Maya Elias. And the struggle I've had was a thought that said I was leaving out a large portion of clients if I only focused on professional women. But she was able to see just where I needed to get to and she's helped me to gain clarity. It has taken three weeks, but I finally arrived and have left Maya's details in the show notes. The lesson from this is that no matter how rigid or fixed your mind is, you are able to grow. But 
you have to be willing to let go of the comfort that's found in the familiar. It doesn't matter if you lack confidence or certainty to start with. Know that you can learn. Plus, having a guide works wonders. (laughs) Sometimes things just take time. So you've got to let this new thought that you're being gifted with or this new direction, you've got to let it sit for a while before you're able to start using it. So let's dig into three mindsets to adopt if you're going through the fire. Number one, a growth mindset. A growth mindset believes that where they are and what they see is in the end, that there is more beyond. In the movie, The Shawshank Redemption, we meet Andy, played by Tim Robbins, and we also meet his really good friend, Red. They become friends in prison, played masterfully by Morgan Freeman. Andy is wrongly convicted of murder. And if you're one of the few people who haven't watched the movie, it's a good one to watch. Much of the movie shows the lives of these two men in prison and their friendship. And it's a story of survival and hope and determination and redemption in an otherwise hopeless place. There's another character, Brooks, who had been in prison for 50 years and was now in his mid-70s. Finally, he gets released on parole. He finds it difficult to adjust to life outside of prison and he eventually commits suicide. When the news gets back to the prison and the inmates are discussing Brooke and his sad end, Red described Brooke as being institutionalized. He could no longer function as a free man. And we can assume that he was neither the first nor the last to commit suicide after leaving prison. And so the movie continues and Andy begins to tell Red, who has no hope of ever getting out before he's old, that he dreams of living on an island in Mexico and one day he will. And then he goes on and tells Red that when he gets out, to go to a particular field, a hay field, and find an oak tree where he's going to find something buried there, a gift for him. For whenever Red is released, just go to that oak tree. You're going to find this gift that is there for you. Of course, Red thinks Andy is delusional or suicidal because no one serving life imprisonment gets out. And if they do, they are old and institutionalized. Such people cannot possibly dream or make their dreams come true. Well, Andy escapes, which is one of the high points of the movie, and sometime later sends a blank postcard from the island in Mexico that he had told Red about. Red is happy, excited for his friend, and he later gets released as well. Well, not as well. (laughs) Andy escapes. He gets released on parole. He's now a free man, but he struggles to assimilate into society and just function. I mean, can you imagine the changes that happened over a 50 year period from technology and fashion and culture and even accents? (laughs) If you think about old 
black and white American movies from the golden age of Hollywood. And you think about how they spoke then, compare that to how Americans speak today. They sounded a whole lot more English back then than they do now. So over a period of time, accents do change. Everything changed and Red is struggling. One day he goes out to that field and digs up and he finds some cash along with a letter from Andy saying he is doing fine in the town he told him about and that he needs a man like Red to help build his business. So Red travels to the island and reunites with Andy and it's a very happy ending. I'm so sorry if you haven't read this, watched this movie because I've just spoiled it. But anyway, a growth mindset allows you to draw conclusions not on where you are today or what you can see around you, but it allows you to live based on who you are becoming. A fixed mindset believes who you are and what you have is all there is. And the only change that happens is that time passes by, you get older, but no real change or growth happens. My fixed mindset, I believe, came as a result of being told how smart I was while I was growing up. I am blessed to have been raised by two dedicated, loving parents who still affirm me till this day. So I developed a belief that I was born with a pool of knowledge. And when I got stuck in a project or a venture, I believed I had reached the end of my ability. So in a fixed mindset, people believe that their qualities are fixed traits and therefore cannot change. And they document their intelligence and talents rather than working to develop and improve them. Red had a fixed mindset, but who can blame him? He believed once you had been in jail for a length of time, you'd become institutionalized. Your manner, hopes, and destiny were fixed, and there was nothing that could be done about it. If Andy hadn't left him that letter, Red would probably have ended up like Brooks. We all need friends who can help us grow beyond where we are if we're unable to do it ourselves. In the course I'm currently on, I have had good days and bad days. Yesterday was a brilliant day. I got positive feedback on my work and I recognize that growth has occurred in the last few weeks alone. So if you're going through the fire and you can't see beyond where you are, I hope you can at least accept that you are able to grow beyond this point. And by growing, I mean in every sense, you can develop a new mindset, you can come up with new ideas, you can do hard things, and you can succeed. You're on a path that's leading you to a destination. And if you need a letter under the oak tree, step out of your comfort zone and ask for help. DM me if you need to, but don't give up. So the first step is believing. Red did not believe that neither he nor Andy would get out. And if they did, they wouldn't survive. But Andy sent him a blank postcard from the island as soon as he got out. And at that point, 
Red started to believe. He may not have had enough hope to get himself out of prison at that point, but he started to believe. It started a thought process in his mind. What can you do today to change your mind and see the possibility of growth? Here are three tips. Say something you've always wanted to say, but was worried about what others would think. You know, those inside conversations that you have with yourself, (laughs) it might be time to start letting some of them out. Some of us are so hung up on how we are perceived by others that we silence our voice so we can be well received by them. How about making that announcement about what you've always wanted to do or publicly ask for help, for guidance? On that business idea, maybe you need to join a support group so you can share that painful life experience that has been eating away at you. Or maybe you need to tell that cousin off for always putting you down. But say something that you've always wanted to say, because that is one step towards believing. Second tip is to bet on yourself. Follow that idea and see where it goes without asking for permission or seeking the approval of others first. I did this and it worked. In fact, I'm doing it again because I'm currently working on an idea that wouldn't make any sense in this climate, in this crazy 2020 we've had so far. But I've had to practice what I've always believed and said which is that our inside is superior to our outside. I made a decision to follow the instruction from my spirit, and it is mostly exhilarating, but sometimes scary. If you don't use your ideas in this lifetime, when exactly are you going to use them? My third tip to grow out of your comfort zone is to write your rock star story and share it publicly. This is a personal favorite. The rock star story is described in episode two and it involves rewriting your bio or your story, the one you have been ashamed or insecure about. (laughs) And you now tell it like a human story because there is no success without failure and anyone who tells their story without the challenges has simply edited it. The rock star story shares your ups as well as your downs, but it does it from a place of hope and not victimhood. Tell me if you'll be interested actually in a how to write your rock star story workshop, because I get a lot of questions about it and I think a workshop would be a great idea. Staying in your comfort zone limits your vision. The farther out you go, the more you can see. Red did not need to go all the way to the Mexican island to have hope. First, he received a postcard and that gave him enough strength or hope, if you like, to make it to the oak tree. There are steps that will lead you to your destination because our purpose is made up of multiple goals. If you don't step to goal one, you wouldn't even see goal two or aspire towards it. A fixed mindset is not a terminal condition, it's a choice. 
But if we stay in it, we will terminate our dreams and stop them from turning into reality. So my second mindset to adopt when you're walking through the fire is to believe that these trials are permitted by God, but it's only for a season. One of the most impactful views I hold is seeing life as a path, not a collection of random events scattered over time, but seeing it as a path that is unique to me. Seeing life as a journey that you're on helps you to understand that the current difficulty is only present on this portion of the road. In Nigeria, some of the roads have really bad potholes and Lagosians know when to slow down or avoid a portion of the road on their way to work without any warning because they know that they'll be meeting a giant pothole. <laughs> the thought of slowing down in Lagos is funny because all I see is traffic and you're driving slowly anyway, but that's besides the point. But you know what it's like when you're driving down I know the A2 or the A406 or whatever highway or motorway you drive on, you know the point to slow down because of the speed cameras. Okay, these days we have warnings ahead of time and there are markings on the road and the cameras are bright yellow so you can see it from a distance. But back in the day, the cameras used to be gray and hidden in the trees. <laughs> but we still knew to slow down. We just knew. And that's how life is. There are rough points on your journey and you need to slow down sufficiently until you've gone past it. This is not your destination or where you should build your tent. So don't allow it to define you. Remember who you are. People may want to give you a new name. That's the woman who's had many abortions or the man who couldn't stay faithful to his wife. Or here's the person who's been unable to hold down a job. Don't accept the identity being given to you. Cut off such people who want to change your name. And if you're a believer, know who you are in Christ. Another thing about trials on your journey is choose to see them as separate and unrelated. I used to know someone who, whenever she called to have a moan, because, you know, we all need that sometimes, she would recall all the trials she had ever had over her life. She had to move house multiple times, so she would list all her moves and all her financial challenges that she had, even the ones that she went past and she survived. And as far as she was concerned, her life was one large pothole. When you string all your problems together by repeating them over and over, you are forming a garland with which you wrap around your neck and it can strangle you. So choose to see your challenges as a season. Seasons come and seasons go. Finally, I want you to have realistic expectations. If trials are comparable to fire, <laughs> we best believe it will be excruciatingly painful. I had a short season in my teens when I was an absolute brat. 
I learned the art of keeping malice from boarding school and dared to bring that bad behavior to my home. My mom wasn't here for that. So this particular day, we had lesson in the morning. First of all, I took all my time to come downstairs and kept the lesson teacher waiting. My brothers were already seated at table and the teacher was just fed up, waiting for talks again. <laughs> Finally, I glided downstairs like a diva and insisted that the chair on which my younger brother, Toy was sitting on was the one I wanted. Bear in mind, it was a perfectly round dining table and had six identical chairs and only three of them were occupied. So it didn't really matter where I sat, <laughs> but I insisted and I pulled my brother out of the chair and we got into a physical fight. Guys, it got worse. <laughs> Mom was alerted and when my parents came back from work, no one needed to tell Tony and I that we were not expected at the dinner table. Eventually, my mom came upstairs and without a word, pointed to her bedroom. <sighs> it's not like I didn't know the drill. I did. But I was a diva. Tony wore about four pairs of trousers. I wore a short skirt. Because I had also learned in school this whole thing we called Paco. <laughs> and Paco literally means wood. And it's a word that is chanted by your peers if you got whipped by a teacher or the commandant and you didn't flinch. So I had learned the art of stretching out my hand and holding it out without flinching. The goal of this is to prove to the adult <laughs> that they can't hurt you. That's how we showed our rebellion. So my mom brought out the horse whip, which we call koboko, and it was usually used on our hands. She just went, who's first? With one hand on my hip, I stretched out my other hand and I said, me. <laughs> I was dripping with arrogance, rebellion and a very high dose of foolishness. Mom's response was, you and who? Which hand? My friend, lie on the bed. Hey, trouble. I did not bargain for that. But still, I lay on the bed as much pride and dignity I could muster, all of which disappeared into thin air when the first whip landed. <laughs> All I remember was shamelessly screaming and scrambling to get under the bed while my mom followed me with a whip. Then she turned to my smart younger brother, Tony, who had a realistic expectation. He got about four to six whips on his bum and he was screaming and jumping in between each one, but he never felt a thing because he was well padded. Toy had expectations and he prepared for it. Unlike yours truly, I do have to say that that night, my diva behavior left for good and I was reset to my default setting <laughs> by the good old Koboko. If things are getting worse and not better, understand that this is simply the nature of fire. First it burns the skin and then the muscles and the nerves and the longer it burns, the closer it gets to the core of who you are. 
your values will be tested, your relationships will be tried, and your spirit's yearning for God will be on a trial as well. But you must come through. Understand that your life, mindset, relationships, lifestyle are being purified through this process. It's a matter of deciding how you want to interpret it. Are you seeing yourself as suffering needlessly or do you believe you're being purified? If you're being purified, you'll be able to speed up the process by learning the lessons being offered and giving up the limiting mindsets readily because that's what the fire has come to burn. It took a while for me to tie my mood to hormonal changes as a woman. But when I did, things changed for good. Thanks to our Earth Mother, Eve, (laughs) there are days I feel anxious for no obvious reason. On such days, I have a realistic expectation and I can handle things better when I catch myself worrying over something that I shouldn't. I'm able to dismiss whatever it is I'm stressing over because I know that my concerns are not valid, but they're simply being magnified. So if you're going through a rough season, I want to let you know that it will end because it can't rain forever. Choose something you can control and do it. It can be as simple as going for a walk or tidying up your space or picking up a new habit to breaking down your goals and tackling just the first piece. Taking some control over your life by choosing to do something you can control gives you the feeling, or should I say informs your mind, that you are the one in charge and not your circumstances. It basically tells you that your circumstances do not own you. Let's continue this conversation on social media. I'm at Talks Aratore on all major platforms, and I'm working on some exciting projects, which I will share very soon. So join my mailing list at TalksAratore.com, and you'll be the first to hear about it. I think you'd love what I have planned. If you haven't subscribed to the Living Inside Out podcast, please do so wherever you're listening and that could be i don't know apple podcast or castbox or spotify there's so many great options out there subscribe and please leave a comment or a question or a review a five-star review particularly on the apple podcast app goes a long way for the podcast until next week stay safe Stay strong and remember to leave from the inside out. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.